Hello and welcome to the Love Julia S podcast. It's your host, Julia, and we're here with another episode. But first, we want to go back to last week and do that recap where it was just me. We had a candid conversation or I was giving, spilling my heart out to y'all where we talked about everything that's going on and how it's making me feel and my response to it, as well as my childhood trauma and going through my career currently. So if you missed that episode, be sure to go back and listen to it. I had quite a bit of feedback and I want to thank everybody for listening. But it's always good to reflect on what makes you you. What is it that happened in your childhood that went on back when you didn't even understand that makes you into who you are today. But on this week's episode, we have a growth marketer at Mark Cuban Companies where he advises and assists portfolio companies with their marketing strategies and objectives. He's been featured on a CNN, Huffington Post, Market Watch, Mad City News, and more. He's been a speaker and moderator at Consumer Electronics Show, South by Southwest, TED Talks, Marquette University, Open Data Science, and more. He's a global He's a global spokesman for BMW, co-founder of Inevitable Human, which is a futuristic media platform for community. A mentor, he recently and also recently launched a trends exchange platform with which connects strategic thinkers to a network of information, people, and emerging ideas. Welcome to the show, Mr. Q Harrison Terry. Let's give him a warm whoop. Yo, what's up? How you been? Been pretty good. How are you? I'm solid. I can't complain. I remember meeting Q at not. We went to the same school. Do you remember which school it was, Q Harrison? Because I don't. It was in Milwaukee. It was either Parkway or Glen Hills. Which we school? Parkway. Parkway. Parkway yeah. was like third, fourth grade. When I moved to Pine Bluff, I got my Facebook and started just connecting with everybody in Milwaukee because I missed it. Like I was tired of Pine Bluff and didn't want to be there. So I connected with everybody that was in Milwaukee. And I remember seeing Q's name and seeing that he had a TED Talk and I've just been supporting his quick theories and just different endeavors that he's had throughout the years. How are you in these unprecedented times at the moment? It's been very interesting. I mean, really just got to stay motivated. You can't really focus on the news. If you focus on the news, you know, it can be very easily or it can be very easy to get depressed. So I've just been trying to just figure out, you know, what, what can I do to help and to stand motivated, stand uh just as a just staying motivated really motivated in what way like what what I mean, works best for you and as far as being in high spirits with everything that's going on i mean it's okay to not be in high spirits right now mm-hmm. i think that that's the the first thing it's okay to be mentally 
depressed right now. I mean, these are times where no one's really seen it and no one really can explain it. So whether you're looking at the social atmosphere, which is very challenging, whether you're looking at the health atmosphere, which is also very challenging, or you're looking at the the economic situation that a lot of people are in right now where you don't really know where, you know, your next dollar or where your next opportunity from a job perspective might lie. All those things, things in accumulation might just, might just overwhelm a person and that's okay. Right. Like, I think that we have to be very cognizant of the fact that everyone's a little bit on edge. Everyone's a little bit overwhelmed. And, you know, me personally, I've just been doing the best or whatever I can to just stay motivated through these times. And whether that means, you know, I'm going to eat one more donut today or I'm going to go and treat myself to, you know, a milkshake, I'm not going to feel bad about it because is it a few more calories or is it a, is it a, a peaceful night sleep as peaceful as you can make it? And I think that that's, that's just what the times are. Yeah, I completely understand. It's been a roller coaster of emotions of health situations like scares because people in our family well in my family have been affected with covid and even feeling the tension with the police brutality and everything that's going on so i can definitely relate to everything you're saying go back to your quick theories how did that come about and what motivated you to stay in the technology realm because i remember when i first started reading the articles i would I'm not into tech, like the advancement of technology and where it's going to go, what it's going to be in 30 years. So what is it that started you on that journey and what's continuing you on this journey? It's just an interest area for me. Like, I just like, you know, technology. I like talking about it. I like ruminating on it. And quick theories was a way for me to quickly just share my thoughts and insights with relative ease and it started off as an email newsletter and then I transitioned it over into my website and then you know it eventually evolved into this platform called inevitable human so it's been through many iterations but I mean the 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 impetus at which it started really started just for me wanting to share my my thoughts in a cohesive manner in a consistent space on the online and It just happened to be an email channel. When you came about the evolution of Inevitable Human, what were the the steps of getting it from quick theories to Inevitable Human? And I know that you shut it down due to COVID. Why did you shut it down and how did that come about as well? Yeah, I think the evolution just came, you know, Quick Theories was really just all me. Mm-hmm. And Inevitable Human was like the first step where it was saying, okay, I, I don't really just want to be in a silo sharing my ideas. You know, it was cool to start and have a space where, you know, it was it was just me and my thoughts. But as more people had insights and things that they could share that would build off of what we were what we were saying. I wanted to really take advantage of that. And I, I just felt like, you know, Quick Theories and its, its, its iteration at that time wasn't really well suited for that. So then we started Inevitable Human 
And the re- the main goal there was to just uh, have some fun, talk about the future of technology, its impact on our lives. You know, when we started it, we thought the data would be something that everybody would be concerned with. And this is in 2016, 2017. Obviously, that was not true. No one really cares about their digital data or their digital footprints nowadays. And there's a lot of uh, downsides to that. We've seen it with the Cambridge Analytica scandal with Facebook. We saw it with uh, now the the protesters. You see a lot of their their faces are being mined through facial recognition software, and you know they're being profiled. Or if you're leaving your home, your phone is being tracked, and so the the surveillance people now have you know your location and when you went to protest and all that just based off your your phone data. And I was, uh, I was, I thought that that would be, you know, a bigger issue. I thought more people would be paying attention to that. And that, that just wasn't true. So ended up uh, transitioning inevitable human from like a data play to more so uh, like, hey, let's just talk about these interesting categories. We talked about things from digital humans to the metaverse to, you know, deep fakes. And we talked about uh, just what technology would, 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 would become. It was cool because I got a chance to really partner with a lot of groups, got a chance to work with BMW, got a chance to work with Providence, St. Joseph Health System, um, got a chance to work with, uh, you know, some, some, some more people in, 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 in that same regard. And we were just, you know, creating these experiences related to the future of, or like what's to come next. And as we got bigger, as we started to expand our footprint, what I realized is it wasn't really situated just solely in technology. There's a lot of things that started at the trend level. So, you know, the uh, personal hygiene is a big trend right now because of COVID. Everyone's like very conscious, hand sanitizer, hand washing, face mask. And, you know, that's always been true on the East. So like when you go to Asia and stuff, you, you see that like being, uh, it, 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 it feels weird as a Westerner over there because you'll be like, man, all these fools got their mask on. Like they, they just, they just own something else. Like maybe you're thinking the air quality is bad, but in reality, they just saying like, look, I ain't trying to, I'm gotta be around all these people. I ain't really trying to breathe the same air they breathe in. If they got, you know, something in their droplets, I don't really want to uh, get that. Cause you know, I, I got a family to feed. I got a job to go to and I ain't trying to be sick. Now I think we understand that in the West and that's a, that's a trend. And when you have trends, you can get a lot of new technologies and you could find a lot of innovation. And so from inevitable human, we took a pause like in when COVID started, cause it was kind of weird to write about the future of technology in March of 2020. You know, you're looking at it and outside, you don't even know if you're gonna see the future of tomorrow cause bodies are dropping people are getting sick. And you're just like, man, like, what is it? And so for me, I just didn't want to deal with like our members asking us these tough questions related to like, you know, COVID and our thoughts on that. And it was, it was so much uncertainty and so much propaganda that was being out there. You know, I just chose to remove myself from the situation, let the experts have, you know, the extra space that we would be occupying digitally. And uh, we we went back and, you know, I, I tried to think about, you know, what made Inevitable Human a little bit better? What could make it better? And where could we add value? And, and how could we do so in a meaningful way? And out of that came Trends Exchange. That's the new platform that we're rocking with. 
It's trendsexchange.com for those that want to check it out. And Trends Exchange is a place where we're bringing some of the world's brightest minds together. And we're going to be sharing all the insights, all the emerging technologies, all the uh, innovations that we're seeing in many industries, everything from healthcare to automotive to technology. And if Inevitable Human was this futuristic version of, 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 of what I would like, I would say like it, Inevitable Human is more akin to uh, Black Mirror if it was less dystopian. So Black Mirror always has like this dark viewpoint. Quick Theories has like this 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 uh, utopian viewpoint where it's like, okay, the worst doesn't always have to happen. What if the best happened? And, and this is what this would look like. And Trends Exchange is more based on like the businesses behind it. It's like, okay, what is the practical use case? And if, if there's this new hygiene trend, you know, what's going to come out of that? If the world is less racist, what are some things that can now exist that couldn't exist, you know, 20 years ago? Uh, you know, if the world is now more connected and everyone's working remotely more than they ever, than they have in the past, you know, what is the, the, the trend that comes out of that? Or what is the, the technologies and innovations that come out of a, a less globalized world, but more digitized world? And, and, and that's, that's where we, we, we think we'll exist. This is something new. So there's always, you know, the, the chance where we could be wrong, but, you know, we put some time in and we're, we're ready to see, you know, how people respond. So if you, if you want to, if this sounds interesting to you, I recommend checking out trendsexchange.com. Again, that's trends, like the word trends, and then exchange, like the word exchange, just with a dot com. And I'll be sure to put the website in the show notes. But that's something that I've loved about your content since Quick Theories is that it's always flipped to a positive because I've watching the Black Mirror and different technology movies that are projected for the future is always like a like you said, dark and negative or in a way daunting, like it's something that I don't look forward to. So reading the content that you have, it's like, okay, like I can get with this um, echo. I can get with different technologies that are emerging, even though everything else or conspiracy theorists are saying that this is a negative. So that's something that I've always loved about that content. And there's um, a few things that you mentioned when with the digital data back in 2016. What is it that you think people aren't as concerned with digital data? Is it because of they don't understand the importance of making sure that everything is protected when it comes to what they put on the internet or their locations? Or is it that they just don't care? Yeah, I don't. I don't have the answer. We thought really hard on that. And that's a, that's a tough question. I think there will be a time where people care. That time is just not right now. And you know, if I told you I knew why, I would be lying to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And adding value, you mentioned you always want to add value. That's one of the reasons that you decided to stop Inevitable Human because you were not adding value in the moment because of the times that we're going through right now. So what is the importance of adding value versus just putting information out there when if you, have a, if you had a business 
before COVID and you're not getting as much traction, what is it that people can do to be more beneficial to their customers? That's a great question. I think on the value side, it's so easy to just not show up and just to pontificate digitally. I mean, think about it. You can go on Twitter and you can just type out whatever. You can go on Instagram and just post whatever. And like, you don't really ask yourself, is this valuable to anyone? And I think if you started to, or if we saw more people kind of start to do that, I think not everything would be valuable. I don't think overnight everything would just shift, but a lot more stuff would be intentional. And I think that there would be value created from that intentionality. I just try to follow that that same principle as if I'm posting something online, if I'm sharing something, I try to think about, you know, who is this valuable to and why is it valuable? And at this point, you know, it's it's worked for me. And, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but, but that's just how I like to create content. That's how I like to, you know, build my digital brand. I get it online. It's always active 24 seven, 365. So everyone's trying to just, you know, get their little piece of attention given this this world of push notifications. But what I would recommend to someone that has a business during this time and maybe they're trying to figure out, you know, what a pivot looks like or how they could add more value to some of their offerings. I think it starts with just understanding your customer. If you understand your customer like no others, then you kind of will understand what's valuable right now and what's not. And then from there, maybe you don't have a one-for-one offering that is going to be 100% value add day one, but you could start and figure out, you know, how this could be 5% more valuable today than it is yesterday. And then the day, the next day in the future, you say, okay, how can we add another 5% or how can we add another 1% and just build on whatever you're offering is day over day, talk to your customers, uh, exchange a lot of uh, conversations. I think a lot of people, don't uh, follow up with their customers. And, and that's a lot of missed insights. But once you start to have that feedback and that engagement, it, it really does make it a little bit easier for you to understand the value add. I think the, the, it's a tough question to answer if you don't really know the business or the context, because I could, I could give you an idea and that might not be worthwhile for many people. So I, it, it, that would help me. But overall, I think it's just like understanding your customer and then making sure you're you're looking at it from their perspective and saying, hey, what do they need right now? That's good insight. So with working with Mark Cuban, how did that come about? Yeah, so with Mark, I ran an agency uh, before and and Mark was one of our clients and he reached out one day and was just like yo I need you to come work full-time for me I didn't really think it was him so I kind of said no and then uh you know I got another call they said come out to Dallas came out to Dallas and then the rest is kind of history but it's been it's been great I mean it's a learning experience day over day Mark's involved in so many things so I never really go to work bored or you know tired of doing the same thing day over day in this job it's like you're constantly challenging yourself because you got to learn 
you know, a ton of stuff in a short period of time. So I, I'm, I'm happy with it. What's some examples, like what does your day look like with the Mark Cuban companies? Well, I start off my day really just working with our portfolio companies. And that would be any of the companies that Mark's invested in. A lot of people are familiar with, you know, the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of people are familiar with the Shark Tank companies. And then there's a lot of companies that Mark just invests in that an entrepreneur might have just reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I have this idea. This is what we're doing. Uh, we need some capital because that will help us grow a little bit quicker. And if Mark likes the idea, you know, he'll also put some money into it. I'm the guy that helps build out, you know, the marketing campaigns or the overall marketing strategy for those companies after they've gotten a little bit of money. I also help them if they get, you know, stuck or run into some bumps along the way. And really whatever Mark wants, we just, it's, it's not just me, it's a team of people, but we just kind of align and, and figure it out and make sure that we remove the stress from the entrepreneur's life, Mark's life, and and, and just make everybody's day a little bit easier because, you know, running a company can be stressful. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you can say the name of the company or not, but what has been your most challenging company that you've worked with and how did you overcome that challenge? I, I wouldn't say they're all challenging, right? I think for different reasons, but uh, you just, you never stop. You never give up. That's how I, I, I I, you're always learning, right? So it's not like you ever know the answer to any one thing. And I think that, you know, the challenge is oftentimes not the company, it's you. Because the company, they're just doing the best at what they can do. And and if it's a communication error, you know, that's something that you can control. If it's another error, you know, you just have to kind of learn what that error is. And then you just kind of work your, workshop your way out of it. But I wouldn't say that the companies themselves are challenging. So being a black man in this industry, how does it, how do you navigate through the egos and just every, especially everything that's going on now? How do you navigate yourself through it all? You stay aware. You don't forget where you come from. And I think you educate along the way. At least that's what I try to do. I mean, we're all in this together regardless of your skin color, regardless of your background, regardless of your values and your beliefs. And respect is what we're all seeking, right? It's not necessarily, you know, one one race or one person or gender is better than the others. I think we all just want to be respected. And I think that that's what I ask is regardless of your ego or regardless of where you come from, it's just, you know, like, let's just show up. We're in the same room and let's just show each other respect. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to even value each other. We just have to respect each other. And so for me, I just try to make sure I treat people how I would want to be treated. And, you know, I give people grace. I think grace is one of the things that is oftentimes overlooked. You know, if I make a mistake and, and people don't give me grace, you know, that's, that's messed up, right? You feel, you feel, you feel, you feel a certain type of way. If, if others make a mistake and, and you give them grace, you know, that's an opportunity for them to learn. And, and, and ideally, they don't come back and do, make the same mistake twice. And if people do, you know, you just have to communicate and just, you know, say like, look, this makes me feel uncomfortable because of X, Y, and Z. And I really like it if you don't do that. 
And I think that's the most challenging part, staying civil throughout those 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 crucial conversations. But if you can do that, then uh, navigating regardless of the skin color is, is going to be a little bit easier. You've had all of these accomplishments at such a young age. What is it that motivates you to keep going? And what would you, what advice would you give a college student or a high school senior that's looking to go into an industry that they're not familiar with or scared to put themselves out there, what advice would you give them? Show up every day, right? Some days are easier than others. Most days are, are hard, but if you consistently show up day over day, those results will start to gain from the first day. So it's, there's this notion of compounding interest. Most people think about that from the lens of finances, but compounding interest doesn't have to only apply to, you know, finances and money. It also applies to your skill sets and knowledge. And when you start to realize that, that's when you can start to grow a little bit quicker than, you know, the people around you. And that's something that's helped me tremendously in my career. I've, I started very, very young, like 13. And I never really stopped doing what I was doing at 13 to now. And that allows me to uh, play at a much higher level. But I also never stopped learning. So, right. So I'm still going into the proverbial gym and working out day after day just to just get the skills sharper, get it better, become uh, smarter. And that's what I would tell anybody in high school or, or college. And, and I would say like, you know, no one really starts out and knows their passion areas, right? Like you would have asked me you know, 10 years ago, oh, are you gonna go work for Mark Cuban? I probably would have not said yet. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't know, like, that doesn't sound interesting. But half a life is just, you know, you just figure, or I wouldn't even say, like, life is just like you stacking whatever brick comes your way. Like, I like to always compare life to the game of Tetris, right? Like, you get you get some bricks, you lay them, you lay a couple of them properly, you're clearing lines, you're clearing lines, you're clearing lines. All of a sudden, you miss a brick, it doesn't fit where it was supposed to go, and now you've got to figure out that obstacle. And, and that's a great analogy for life so what you want to do is just start to recognize certain patterns the sooner that you can do that the, the quicker you'll be able to succeed from a career perspective and, and just life in general but i'd be lying to you to say i had it all figured out i'd recommend you know go talk to the ogs there's a lot of people on this planet that uh don't get a lot of shine because of ageism you know racism is very much a thing but ageism is also a thing you know, go talk to an elderly person. I think that that's something that I've always uh, valued is my elders and, 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 and reaching out to them with advice and having candid conversations with them, right? I think, you know, a lot of youth can benefit from that. Ever since I was, you know, young, 13, 14, I'd go ask someone that's 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, my senior, you know, what their thoughts on this was and why they did it a certain way and, and show up with questions that you can't Google, right? I think that the art of learning how to ask questions is, is, is mad valuable at an age where you're in high school or college because uh, you can learn quicker. It's like the cheat codes to learning. If you can 
learn what you don't know through Google and then find out what you can't learn through Google and go ask those to someone that uh, has a bit more experience or wisdom than you, then you'll, you'll always be solid because you, whenever you don't know the answer, you'll know how to get the answer. That's, that's, that's the trick. Mm -hmm. So you say you started at 13. What was it that's at 13? Because I, I'm just thinking back when I was 13, I wasn't thinking, were you thinking like future, like technology cue or was it, because you're we're, we're kids at 13. So I'm just thinking what, what put you in the mind frame of, okay, I need to start now versus at a more mature age. I just always had a knack for, you know, the stuff I'm doing now and it didn't change. Right. So at 13, I didn't have it all figured out. I'm starting out. What did I do? I had a clothing company called V-neck mafia and I was a DJ. And I was just, you know, I became a DJ because I wanted to be a rapper and I sucked at rapping. So it was, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, again, I was just stacking the bricks as they came to me. I had desires and I wanted to get those ideas out. And the best way at the time to do that was uh, through creating, you know, clothing and, and just doing music. And that was a fun part of my life. And it paid out well because I was able to learn a lot of tangible skills that I would take on to other endeavors. But I think, you know, at 13, I just kind of dedicated myself to the craft. I was just like, yo, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to just show up. I'm going to just, just grind a little bit every day, grow 1% each day. And, and it, it pays off. So I think that the, it's just, it's, it's no different than hard work. I mean, most 13 year olds are just kind of just sitting around idly chilling. But the ones that are like working on something or, you know, experimenting or reading uh, or just like expanding their, their mind a little bit day over day, they, they, they'll quickly realize by the time they get 19, 20, they've got a lot of skills that they, their colleagues don't. Mm -hmm. So were your parents supportive of you at 13? Because I know you probably, assuming, but you might not have had as much leisure at 13. So were they more supportive of like getting you where you need to go or supporting all of the ideas that you had at such a young age? At first, you know, nobody takes a 13 year old serious, but then they started to see that, you know, I was really, I was really like about it and I was showing up. And so, I mean, they didn't, all they cared about was like really me just making sure I passed, you know, school and did my school work and, did my chores and all that stuff and after that they were just like yo you got to be home by this time go do what you do and you know i i think it was it was we had a lot of trust right like i wasn't wilding in the streets and they, i think they they knew that and so you know my parents were they were they were kind of cool in that regard i'll say go write like three four ideas down on a piece of paper and you know go think about how you could execute those ideas or how you could be a part of their execution and I think that like, that's the, that's the first part of, 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 of owning your outcomes and just being the, the, or living in the future that you want to, you want to be a part of. And, and I think that like, we don't do enough of that. We, we don't expand our creative muscles day in and day out. And I think for homework, just find three, four ideas that you, you would like to 
to do at some point in your life or at some future in your life and you know write that down and go live it okay well thank you so much q for coming on the show we look forward to seeing more of the trends exchange and what is in store for that as well as everything that you put out into the world and also at the end of every episode i like to speak life into my guests and my listeners that listen to me every week that i'm so appreciative for so for this week i pray that you are healed that you're covered throughout the week as you go out and every day in every way that you're getting better and better that you get 1% better every day that you start off small if you need to and take the steps that you need to keep going forward to keep going after what you want even if you don't know what it is taking those steps can help you realize what you actually want to do so let's go out and have an amazing week and we thank you again Q y'all next week I'll put all of Q's information in the show notes and we are going to get out of here. Love, Julia S.